Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Fuji Love Podcast, where we talk about all things Fujifilm X series, GFX, and so much more. Uh, I am your host, Mark Sadowski, and I am joined by a very special guest. She is Elizabeth Gray. She is a fantastic photographer in the Vancouver area. How are you doing, Elizabeth? I'm great. Thanks very much, Mark. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Uh, you were recently featured in Fuji Love magazine, and it's a great interview. We're going to kind of piggyback on top of uh, your your article. So anybody who is listening to this should go to fujilove.com and check out Elizabeth's awesome interview and also subscribe to the magazine because this is what keeps the lights on in, uh, in, in the podcast studio as well as the entire Fuji Love magazine studios. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've had a chance to follow you for a little while now. And your, first of all, your photography is amazing. Um, Thank you. You have a great Instagram profile, and it's it's just so much fun to to look at. And uh, when when I was uh, kind of browsing your your website and, and just I mean first enjoying the portfolios, uh, but your background you have a great diverse background uh, that's not just photography related. I wanted to start off um, first of all. How did you get into photography? Like, what, what is, where, where did the love begin? Well, it probably goes way back. Um, I had an, an uncle who was really interested in old cameras and uh, old photography magazines and books. And I was just a little kid, elementary school, maybe six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. But I was just fascinated by his cameras. So every time we went over to visit him, he would show them to me and, and talk to me about how to focus a camera with bellows. And uh, it just intrigued me. And I think that kind of stuck. Do you remember and what then, kind of cameras they were? Oh, I have no idea. I was so young. I, I, I don't think I really remember much of what he taught me other than <laughs> uh, he had a keen interest in photography. And it just, I think it, it, it uh, sparked an interest in me that sort of lay dormant for a bit. And uh, then in high school, I went back and, and picked it up. Right on. For myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was al always artistic as a kid and I loved drawing and sketching especially, but I really wanted to make real life drawings, drawings that didn't have any abstract nature to them. And I think as I got older, my the science side of my brain kind of, squashed the creative side and so photography was a a natural um carryover to sort of uh release the 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 uh designs and the and the things that were floating around in my head in a way that i could capture them uh realistically and not just sketch them yeah and, and so you did um a yearbook if i recall from your from your biography in high school right Oh, yeah. I did this, the stuff that a lot of photographers do. I did the yearbook and the newspaper and um, worked in the darkroom. i, I got to give credit. I had a fantastic photography teacher um, in grade 10, I guess, is when I started taking it in high school. Yeah. And he took a passion to me and, and let me have extra time in the darkroom and would always let me roll an extra roll of film. So uh, that, that, again, piqued my interest and, and – yeah. uh, 
what kind of there. what kind of cameras were you using back in high school? I was using a Canon. I had a Canon A1 was my the f- camera that I saved and saved and saved all my allowances and paper routes for. Yeah, and I had a a 50 millimeter 1.4 lens. Yep. My uh, <laughs> uncle told me to save a little longer and get the 1.4 instead of the 1.8, and uh, I used that camera for a long time. That camera is a powerhouse to this day. It is. It is a brilliant camera. I had a feeling that's what you were using, because um, yeah. that's what we all used back in the day. Um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I still had it. Cause I'm actually starting to get back into film, and it's long since gone. You could probably dig that up on eBay pretty quickly. I'm sure I could if I look for it. Yes. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I don't want to go down that road anymore. It's uh, it, it, I I have fond memories of the the old old days, but uh, I I don't think I could get back into film. I tried a little bit with medium format, and it was like, yeah, there's a reason why I kind of left this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh. One one day, maybe maybe the bug will bite me too. Um, but from there, so one of the things that intrigued me a lot, and I feel that has a tremendous impact on your photography. I'm taking guesses here. You became an engineer. Yeah, that's correct. I'm a structural engineer by trade and practiced for about five years. And then when our kids came along, I put the uh, consulting aside and started teaching at a local college. We have a college here and uh, I was in their structural engineering department and then in the math department. So I taught some structural design and engineering math to the engineering students in the, in the programs. And I just fell in love with teaching. I never would have thought that I would teach, but uh, that's the, the route I went down and I taught there for 25 years and just loved it. What interest you? What interested you in the engineering aspect? Uh, from going from uh, kind of like the art side of the brain to something that's very structured and very numbers driven, um, very logical. Let's let's say for shorthand. Uh, my dad was an engineer, so uh, he he uh, he dealt with a lot of uh, pipes and things like that, and tried to instill that into me. Uh, he failed. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm but, not sure where it comes from because neither my mom or my dad were science oriented, but uh, I've always had a science brain and a math brain. I loved, I loved math. And in, I think it was grade 11, uh, there was a teacher that came into my, uh, must have been a geometry class. And it was a geometry 12 class that I was taking at the time and said, Uh, is anybody interested in engineering? And they all put up their hands. So I did too and got a bunch of information and I'd wanted to go into architecture originally, but at that point in the uh, early eighties, there weren't a lot of jobs in architecture. And so engineering seemed like a perfect fit, especially along the structural side. So that's what I did. Spoiler alert. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) I met my husband through engineering. Nice. Spoiler alert. I don't think there's many architecture jobs now. (laughs) (laughs) true um but that do you feel that this is going to be a a, a dumb question but i wanted to pop that out there anyway um do you feel that that's influenced your photography oh absolutely um even my street photography you can see the architectural elements play a a huge part in it 
uh, I've always I've always loved the architecture side. And so even when I'm shooting people, you will see see those kind of elements coming through. Your street photography, I, I was going to say, yes, that I see a lot of uh, architectural influences, especially your use of uh, uh, lines with, with your subjects. There's a lot of, you have the, the tremendous balance of, you know, the soft features of a person, but there is just this amazing use of grids that I am absolutely envious of um <laughs> my weakness is recognizing uh straight lines um in, in that i could see them but when i photograph it I, they, they it's always a little bit off and yours your photos are just spectacular with the use of uh grids um, oh thank you i i've i've spent a lot of time with composition and i think that uh comes across in my street photography, I'm, I'm not a random shooter. I take uh, a lot of time to analyze a scene and, um, you know, make sure that the, the composition, the edges of my frame are right before I start shooting. How long do you think it takes you to do a, a, a single shot? So kind of walk me through the process, at least with your street photography. Like, what, what are you what are you looking for? Um, and, and then how do you incorporate that with people? Oh, uh, it, it really varies with my street. Um, I'm always looking for light. So if I find interesting shadows and contrast, that usually piques my interest and I'll go check out a scene. Uh, I've, I often work like a, with a stage, using the street as a stage, and I'll set something up and uh, drop my exposure compensation so it, it darkens up the shadows and wait for somebody to come through the, the frame. But I also love being very spontaneous as well. So you'll see some of my stuff will just be shots as I see literally walking down the street. Nice. And, and for anybody, you know what? Let's get this out early. I was going to ask you at the very end, where, where can people find your work? Uh, it'll be in the show notes for, for this episode. But how can they find you on Instagram to see some of these photos and walk along? Well, I'd say probably the best place to go is uh, through my website, photographybyelizabethgray.com, and that's gray spelled G-R-A-Y. Nice. And uh, my link to my Instagram is there. Perfect. Everybody should go check it out. It's uh, it's just a visual treat, especially, I mean, especially the use of the lines. It's amazing. Um, so early on, you're... You go from, uh, you know, your your creative side in high school. You're you're going into engineering. Um, what kind of camera systems were you using around that time? It was all all my uh, Canon A1 back then. Um, no digital then, of course. Uh, probably dates me, but uh, digital had not come out yet, so <laughs> I was all into film. And I did mostly landscapes, um, a bit of wildlife, uh, a little bit of travel. Um, I mean, I was really still a kid and through university, sort of cut back mid-university because the course load just got too heavy. And then I think as a lot of people do, life sort of gets in the way. So I put um, the camera, I didn't put it aside because I always had it with me taking family pictures, but I wasn't nearly as serious with it because we had uh, two young daughters and I was working, teaching full time. 
So the camera kind of took a back seat uh, for a while until I uh, picked it back up again. I guess it was um, there were sort of two two other milestones that uh, were real big influence, or not influences, but really got me back into photography. And the first one was actually when my mom got sick and um, she was uh, at the end of her life in hospice. And I would sit by her side for, uh, it was probably about a week I was there with my sister and I started picking up photography magazines again. And that just, I started thinking I needed to get back into this more seriously. Uh, I just didn't know how to do it. Um, I yeah. knew it was there. I knew it was inside of me. I just hadn't quite figured out the, the next piece. And then a few years later, uh, my husband got transferred to the U.S. for, uh, we were there for about five years. It was a temporary position. And at this point, I'd been teaching at college for 25 years. So I thought, you know what, we're going down there. It's going to be a new adventure. Uh, I don't think I want to teach in a capacity where I'm tied to school holidays, I'd like to do something that's flexible so my husband and I can travel. So I retired from my teaching position and uh, combined the teaching with the photography and started my own uh, teaching business, photography business. Excellent. And this is your time in Texas, right? Yes, we were in Houston, Texas for two years, and then a little town called Gautier, Mississippi, right on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, about two hours east of New Orleans. For We were there for three years. What kind of transition was that, going from Vancouver to Texas? Uh, the, the weather I, must have been uh, a shock. Actually, the transition from Vancouver to, to uh, Houston wasn't uh, hard at all. Um, I think Houston gets a bad rap. It is a fantastic city. It is so multicultural, great food scene. The people are fantastic. Uh, I met some wonderful people that will be lifelong friends. Um, I, I mean, obviously the climate was different, but I think the bigger change or the harder transition for, for me was going from Houston to Mississippi small town. And I found out quite quickly that I'm really not a small town girl. I'm a city girl. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, when you're, when you're, you know, several hours away from a, a big hub, you, uh, you realize it. Right. But you're teaching down there and you're still using the Canon system at that point. Oh, at that point, no. Um, I guess when the girls were, well, probably in their teens, we decided to switch over to, or I decided to switch over to digital. Mm-hmm. And I picked up a Nikon D90 and then eventually a D500 and a D800. And I had all the pro Nikon lenses. I was doing a lot of wildlife, a lot of bird photography as well. Yes. And uh, then I guess, well, we were, it was about 2016 and we were planning a trip to France and I was just so tired of lugging those heavy bodies and all that gear through, you know, on your back, on the airplane, through airports. And I just said, no, we need something smaller. Okay, this is where it gets fun. This is where the the Fuji comes in. (laughs) Yeah, I picked up an X100F after a ton of research because us engineers, we do a a lot of research before we buy anything. (laughs) And the rest is history. Uh, After that, I... With, well, within a year and a half, I'd sold all my my Nikon stuff. I'm 100% Fuji now. That is awesome. And so what was it about? So my, my transition was the X100 as well. That was like the, the thing that bit me as well. Uh, what was it about the X100 that 
really captured your attention. Um, for me, well, besides the uh, for uh, j- just real quick, this is about you, but for me, uh, it was just uh, ease of use, quality of the JPEG, and just so much fun to 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 use. Uh, it slowed me down tremendously, not only because it helped me, you know, kind of dial into my style. It was a slow camera, but <laughs> but for you, what was uh, what were the calling cards for that? Uh, transition well size was definitely the first calling and the the quality of the images out of the camera were just incredible but it, it was the tactile nature of it being able to swing an aperture ring on the front of a lens uh was was it was like going back to when i was shooting with my canon and yeah. and i think i think the other thing was is that it challenged me so much I had never owned a prime lens before. So here we have not only a prime lens, but a fixed prime lens. So I can't change it. And it really forced me way out of my comfort zone. I had to be a lot more creative. I started to see in different ways. And yeah, I think it it, it really um, sort of took my photography to a new level. Um, there was a bit of a learning curve as at first of course and there were there were definitely images that I couldn't get that I would have liked to have got with a longer lens but instead I was thinking about other images other ways of capturing that same scene that didn't require a 200 millimeter lens yeah I think that thinking outside the box um really uh improved my creativity so when you went to France with this x100 what were uh, what were some of the stuff that you photographed just to kind of test your uh, your metal with, with the camera? Well, I was, I mean, I was basically doing a lot of travel at that time. We were in Provence for a week. And so that was travel, landscape, um, I guess a little bit of street. But I, I really didn't know what street was at that point. And then when we were in Paris, we were in Paris for another four or five days, I guess. And again, uh, a lot more, I guess, sort of travel type images. But at that point, I think I was shooting street without realizing that street was a genre to be uh, shot. Yeah. And so, uh, your photography in, in Europe it was how was the architecture how was the did you do much of that oh, oh yeah yeah i mean i i would say w- w- when i use the use the term travel photography it really was a little bit of everything people yeah. landscapes architecture it kind of encompassed the whole thing and were you but, shooting raw or were you playing with this uh, film simulations i was still shooting raw or raw plus jpeg um i would play with the film sims in camera so that I, I always had the, you know, the display set to an Acros or a classic, well, I guess it wasn't classic Chrome at that point, but uh, um, to the different film sims. So, you know, what I was seeing was what I was actually capturing and then converting in Lightroom. Right on. And now what, what do you use for your camera gear? Like what, what, what is your Fuji lineup when, when you're My doing kit. photography yeah yeah after the x100 i guess sorry that was the x100t was the first the first camera i had when we went to when we went to um france gotcha. and then i 
I guess it was about around Christmas and I was dying to have a camera, another small camera that I could change lenses with. And so I ended up with an X-T2 and then the X100F followed and then the X-T3 followed. So <laughs> right now my, my husband uses the X100T and I always have the X100F with me. It's in my purse. It goes everywhere with me. And then the X-T3 and X-T2 are, are what I use um, if I'm shooting a wedding or um, when I'm going down on the streets, I tend to put a 50 millimeter F2 on the X-T3 and then I have my um, the X-100F in the other hand. So I got the two focal lengths to work with. That's awesome. And so now you're still teaching, right? Yes, that's, um, that's how I'm... Uh, filling up my time. So I, uh, I teach a little bit of everything, everything from uh, students that are very new to using a digital camera to more advanced students that want more of workshops with either street or um, bird or wildlife or long exposure. Uh, and then all kinds of software programs like Lightroom, Photoshop, um, alien skin exposure. Yeah. And you mentioned that you would uh, do the wedding occasionally. Yeah, I've, that's, this is a whole new, a new, uh, venture. Um, once I started shooting street, I became more aware of, uh, documentary wedding photography and it was something that I wanted to try, but I wasn't ready to do it on my own. And I don't want to be a wedding photographer, but it's nice to, to do, you know, a, f a few of them. Yeah. And so, um, Ian McDonald, who's a Canadian uh, Fuji film ex-photographer um, has become a friend of mine and I asked him if I could shadow him around uh, when he shot a wedding and since then we've done I think three or four weddings together and we've got another couple coming up and yeah so he he's been a huge inspiration to me and very patient helping me learn and I am I'm loving it it's uh, it's just like shooting on the streets yes a very confined street with yes <laughs> With great food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of which you don't get a chance to eat, but... Right, you can look at it. <laughs> so where, what kind of venues are you shooting at uh, in, in Vancouver? Uh, because you, with wedding photography, you kind of do get to uh, do all sorts of different variations from candid to using architecture for the portraits. And, and then, of course, portraits. Um, the regular well, style. <laughs> Oh, I, I wouldn't say that wedding is my main, um, you know, I'm not, sh I'm not shooting a wedding every week or every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've, we've, the ones that churches, you have. Yeah. We, we've saw uh, the last wedding we, we shot was a, just a, a house wedding and it was, it was fabulous. It was an incredible day and, um, uh, Vancouver, fantastic backyard setup. Uh, so small condition to work in. Um, and they had two videographers at the same time. So between Ian and myself and trying not to get in our ways or the videographer's way, that was a little bit of a, a dance. Yes. Um, last New Year's, we were downtown at a beautiful hotel downtown, um, shot a smaller wedding there. Uh, so we got to use uh, the streets of Vancouver as well to do some photography. But we, we again, we don't do, we don't like to do a lot of the planned portraits yep during a wedding it's more much more of a documentary style uh you know we'll, we'll do a few shots if that's what they want but uh for us it's really the, the documentary candid 
wedding photography. Nice. And so the weddings is something that you do on the side. Um, oh, yeah. It's 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 yeah. just a, a small portion of what I do. And it started more out of interest than anything else. And, and as I said, I, I love doing them, but I wouldn't want to make that my my main source of income. It's the teaching that I love. I'm passionate about teaching and being able to combine teaching with photography to me is I'm just so lucky and so blessed to be able to to do that. What is your favorite type of photography that to to do? I know you do you kind of have your feet everywhere because you have great nature photos, you have great uh street photography, architecture. Uh what what is your favorite uh style of photography or if all of them are equally your favorite, what kind of mood do you have to be in to do uh, each type of photography? Oh, that's a tough question. Um I mean street I do all the time. I was out yesterday for most of the day. I was out this morning um, just shooting locally. Uh, I live in a suburb called Coquitlam, which is about an hour outside of Vancouver. So I was playing around in our little downtown area today. But I love birds as well. And I would say probably bird photography would be my next passion. um, If I had to put a genre in a list. Yep. How how does that work in Vancouver? You you don't have like the crazy winters. It's kind of just more no, wet in the area. We're it's just like Seattle. We and they say we're having gonna have a very mild winter this year. So last year I think we had a couple of snowfalls that stuck. Typically in Vancouver it starts to to snow at about uh, three o'clock in the afternoon and it's by eleven at night it's turned to rain and so you have the snow for just a little bit and by the next morning it's uh, it's all gone it's the best kind of snow right on and so you you still have the opportunity to photograph a lot of birds in the area uh, oh yeah what what are your favorite birds uh, the the ones that you i i don't know the species or anything but like how what are your favorite ones to photograph and what does it require you to do to photograph them well i love the uh, little warblers and we get them all summer they come in sort of early spring and we get a lot of warblers that that uh nest here um and any of the small birds i love it's just such a challenge to try and i'm not a bird on a stick type photographer um that's probably how i started but i have enough birds on a stick that i really try and get uh, <laughs> not not i don't want to say action shots but shots that show them in their own environment whether it's nest building or feeding chicks or gathering nesting material or um you know, bathing, eating, that kind of thing, hunting. Uh, and so the small birds, it's a, uh, I find it just so challenging. Um, I do miss when we were down on the Gulf Coast, all the uh, big egrets and herons. Uh, we have great blue herons here and I love photographing them, but uh, I, I do miss that from the Gulf Coast. There was uh, such a huge variety of bird life down there. Yeah. And does that require you to get up like really early to to go find them or... What, um, what time of day do you usually photograph? Well, they're definitely most active first thing in the morning and then again in the evening. Uh, so, yeah, I can do my street photography around the, the birding. <laughs> awesome. And so with you using Fujifilm, how is that trans- how has that transformed your your style of photography? Because... Y- do you feel that because you're using such 
a smaller set of cameras, it allows you to be more flexible from going from nature photography, which typically requires a long lens, to uh, street photography, which is uh, a lot of smaller lenses. Uh, well, well, I mean, obviously, I've got different lenses for each uh, application. I would never take the the 100 to 400 down in the streets. Uh, but I I love my the little the classic the 23 the 35 and the 50 f2 I use those all the time. I do have for some of my um, like if I was going to travel I would probably throw in the 16 to 55 and take that with me so I have a little bit of flexibility. Uh, but for birds I've been really impressed with the 100 to 400. I I had in the Nikon system I had a 200 to 400 f4 so that's a a pretty nice professional lens and I was. The one thing I was skeptical skeptical about being able to continue doing was shooting birds, and I am just amazed at how well the 100 to 400 does, especially on the on the XT3, which with its um, how fast it can focus, it's amazing. And once you tweak the custom uh, autofocus settings, uh, it just they just work together like a charm. And I because the system's so light, I no longer have to carry a tripod and a uh, a gimbal mount. Um, you know, I was carrying 12 pounds worth of gear before and, you know, for the, the shots that I may miss because maybe it didn't, the camera didn't focus quite as fast as the, as the Nikon. I more than made up for that because I can be so much more flexible just carrying it on my shoulders and I don't have to set up a tripod each time I can, I can easily, you know, a bird moves from, one area to another or I'm shooting in one direction and something comes in in the other direction because I'm not on a tripod. It's just so much more flexible to swing around and shoot high, shoot low with the 100 to 400. That light feeling, nothing can beat that. Whether you're, oh, yeah. whether you're uh, out doing nature photos in a wedding, uh, that was such a great feeling when, when I made the switch, uh, just being able to be, because it does feel like a, a ton of weight is lifted off your shoulders. Oh, um, huge, huge. Uh, let me ask you this, going back to the wedding real quick, uh, with, with you using Fuji, do you ever encounter the Uncle Bob scenario where they're carrying the big, huge telephoto lens, the big, huge Canon camera, and, and, and the big, huge speed light, and then they see you with the smaller system? Uh, no, I haven't encountered that yet. Um, I'm sure there's, there's still people with that mentality. I see that more in, in birding. I was out shooting, uh, eagles on the weekend and, uh, there was a fellow that, that pulled up with his big 500 millimeter F4 on a Canon system. And, um, yeah, I, I know he was looking down on, on the rest of us, <laughs> but I didn't see his pictures. So and he didn't <laughs> see mine. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, what, what would you call the Uncle Bob on a birding equivalent? Oh, gosh, I don't, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> it's got to be uh, Uncle Uncle Raven or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I wish I knew more bird puns. Um, <laughs> but uh, one last thing I got to ask you, um, and this kind of stood out for me, and I know there's got to be a story here somewhere. Trading alligators for bears took a little getting used to. What what happened? <laughs> uh, well, it was uh, it was 
when I'm up here, I know where I can walk. And we have bears in our backyard um, on a weekly basis. So we live in the back of a ravine and everybody knows how to, to deal with them. And you keep your garbage inside and you see them all the time. And, and uh, you know, they're, there's, they're just there and you know how to deal with them. But when we moved down to the south, I got to say I was scared stiff of the snakes, um, the venomous snakes, because there are a lot of venomous snakes down there, and the alligators. Because to me, um, I never, I never knew when something was going to jump out of a out of a little body of water. We did have one alligator wander through our backyard after a storm one day, and uh, yeah, I just had a new appreciation for them. Um, <laughs> Nice. I am deathly afraid of bears myself. <laughs> uh, the, bear, the bears don't bother me because because you have you have to, to be pretty stupid to uh, you know. There, there's lots of ways to to scare a bear away, and, and they they're only going to come after you if, if you've annoyed them or got between them and cubs. So yeah, um, you just have to you have to be smart. If you're smart, they're not going to bother you. They want to get out of theirs <laughs> as, as much as you do. Right on. And uh, alligators don't feel the same way i guess <laughs> yeah. not the same uh left brain right brain kind of mentality yeah um but elizabeth this has been great i uh, i mean again you have such a diverse portfolio that i i could just get lost going from one set of photos to the other uh your street life is just fantastic uh just the way you can capture people's uh, expressions that they're just they're uh, kind of taking that moment of their life and just freezing it in, in a beautiful composition uh, is just speaks so much uh, is, gives you such a great story and the portraits that you do on the street uh, street photography are just wonderful uh, when, when you do this um are you at, I mean, you must be asking permission to, to take their photo. Oh, sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, like the I've direct portraits. Some, yeah, directly. I've, I've met some incredible people that way. I've you know, seen people that look interesting and, and gone up to them and said, uh, you know, hey, I, I love your, your tattoos or your hair or the light in your hair. And, and I would love to make your portrait. Um, I don't come up with them at them with guns blazing. Say, can I take your picture? Um, that doesn't work. But if you carry on a conversation with somebody first and then you say, um, hey, I'd love to make your portrait. So would that be OK? And um, uh, I'd love to give you a copy of it as well. Here's my card. Uh, people are, are more than happy to uh, smile for you. That's awesome. And it's, it's just incredible. Uh, my, my favorite <laughs> of, of the photos that you have displayed on your website for the street photography, uh, it is a couple that looks like they're about to kiss. It's nighttime. You have a lot of lights in the background, but just that moment of intimacy between the couple and just the way the, the lights are kind of backlighting them uh, and the detail that you have in the couple with the, the nice creamy bokeh in the back just is fantastic. I recommend everybody go check, check out all these. Yes. Photos. That was taken on the 24-hour project, and if anybody wants to participate in something that is absolutely exhilarating, uh, sign up for the 24-hour project next spring. I've done it twice now, 
And it's uh, for those of listeners that don't know what it is, it uh, you go out at midnight on Friday night and you are up to midnight on Saturday and you have to take uh, the idea is to document the streets and and um, humanity in your city, in your town. And so every hour you have to post a, an image that's taken in that hour for 24 hours. And I've done it twice now and I'm looking forward to doing it again next spring. Um, so it's just uh, it's happening all over the world. I can't remember how many countries it happened in this year, but it's uh, it's really neat to participate in. That's awesome. I, I got to try that. That I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Just search 24 hour project and, and you can read all about it. It's a fantastic project. And, and what advice would you have to uh, aspiring photographers um, that might be considering the Fuji system? Uh, what would you recommend uh, they do when they're testing out the new cameras? Uh, and what kind of advice would you give photographers that are looking to get into street or architecture or any kind of uh, uh, advice oh. that you would love to offer? Well, I, I guess the one piece of advice that I, I can't um, encourage people to do enough is to shoot. Um, it's so easy to watch a million YouTube videos and read a hundred books, but unless you get out and actually shoot and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes, uh, you're not going to get better. And I think that's true of any genre, whatever genre you decide you want to, you want to shoot. And the other thing would be to, to always be learning, take courses, take workshops, go listen to speakers, um, get motivated that way. Uh, learn things that way and then go take that and, and go out on the streets and, and start shooting. And as for the, the Fuji gear, I think I've converted oh a half dozen people in our photography club over to Fuji since I've started. So uh, um, yeah, I can't say enough about the Fuji gear, the, the light, small, light, tactile. It fits, fits for me, works for me. Um, I just love it. Absolutely. I, I think I've converted a half dozen myself. I, I don't have the numbers, but uh, <laughs> it's fun getting uh, some common ground with folks. Um, yeah. But it was awesome chatting with you, Elizabeth. You, I mean, again, I can't say enough good things about your photography. You are just brilliant in, in so many different facets that it makes me uh, just a little bit jealous, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Thank it's you so much, Mark. but it's also inspiring. Um, you you have just a tremendous eye, and I absolutely recommend everybody uh, go check out Elizabeth Gray. Um, do you want to tell the world where they can find you again one more time? Yep, that's photographybyelizabethgray.com, and again, my last name is spelled G R A Y. Awesome. And from there, you'll be able to find her social media links. Everybody who yep. should, who has Instagram, should check out Inst uh, Elizabeth's Instagram because it is uh, you. You'll be able to view her stuff mobily as well as the desktop, and that's always a treat. And I thank you for have uh, coming on the show, and uh, it, it was awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mark. It was a lot of fun, and of course. Always check out uh, Fuji Love Magazine, where you will find uh, Elizabeth's interview there as well, uh, as well as other articles that will help you with tips and tricks and other inspiring interviews and uh, random thoughts uh, all about the Fujifilm gear system and could be all found on Fujilove.com 
And you could find me, Mark Sadowski, on Instagram and Twitter. Just do a search for Mark Sadowski. And with me, it's Mark with a C. So uh, <laughs> you'll be able to find me there. And thank you again. And we will be back next time with another exciting guest. And Elizabeth, thank you one more time. Thank you. And take care, everybody. We will see you next time. <laughs>